Welcome or welcome back to Both Sides of the Barricade. This week we have our final guest of the season, a very special guest, a very special artist, Phineas O'Connell. He's a six-time Grammy award-winning singer, songwriter, and producer. He released three singles this year following his 2019 debut EP, Blood Harmony. He produced all of the 2019 album of the year, When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go? If I listed all of his accolades, we would probably take up the whole episode. So Phineas, is there anything you'd like to say before we start? Yeah, you're born to do this. That was so smooth. (laughs) Thank you. That was great. Thank you so much. Um, so I like to start the episodes with like a little bit about how we met, especially with the artists. Totally. People always, people always ask me how I know people. So yeah. if you'd like to tell the story, since I, I do a lot. Okay, but... well, so I'll tell the story that I know, which is probably, you know, wrong in some ways and you, and you can correct and then we can and then it's right. I got you. Um, so the we first of all, props to you for 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 really just being like, you know, up on everything because you were at I think Billy's Mercury Lounge Mm -hmm. show in August of 2017 which is you know way before I think anybody really knew about uh Billy's music um and so I we that was during the period where we had sort of no it was small shows we had no entourage or anything so we were like I think she was just standing out on the sidewalk taking photos with people right Mm -hmm. so I think I know you were there because of like you know at the time it was like that was literally the third show we'd ever done. So everything was more important than, you know, anything else in the world to me at the time, because it was like the first, right? So I was like, just so shocked that anyone was coming to see uh, Billy's shows. I was so excited that people were waiting in line to meet her. So it was all very meaningful. And then um, that that led off into, we did another tour, right? That fall, yeah, um, where we played Baby's All Right. You were at that show, right? Mm-hmm. Wait, uh, no, I was at the Philly show. You were World Cafe, yep. where we played in like the lobby of a venue. It yeah. was so small. That was so small. Yeah. So that was, yeah, that, that first, first uh, U.S. run we did, we played in a bunch of venues like that, where we were like, what is the, this is a venue? Like it was like really the, lo- I mean, there were people eating, there was yeah. like a crush of, a crush of. Um, audience members actually right up where we were performing and then otherwise it was just like a restaurant mm-hmm. so like when we played like I don't know hostage or something really quiet it was like there was people you just hear like knives and forks on um pl- you know uh cutlery oh, you're right um <laughs> and then and again like this is we were we really you know we were very aware not that we're no longer aware it's just harder to facilitate now we're very aware that like the only reason we were having the the fun experience we were was because of people showing up to the shows so we definitely like I remember talking to you and Ian after that show specifically for like an hour or something like a long time um because we just stayed remember we just stayed at the venue and hung out after that show so mad he was like you better be here like I'm like no I know (laughs) I've when I was like in my teens, I would go see shows in LA and would like would hang out with my friends at like a, there's like a Denny's around the street from the Will Turn in LA. And I would hang out with my friends at the Denny's after seeing like the Arctic Monkeys or something. And I would get, a, I would be, my mom would be very frustrated because it would end up being very late. But I was having like the, it was very, very perks of being a wallflower. It was like oh, having yes. the time of my life. <laughs> anyway, so that was the, that was November. Mm, that was actually October of 2017. Yeah, October. And then, 2018 right we had a show in the spring saw you then and then 
And then another long, like, remember by the time it was fall of 18, like somehow like you and Ian, I was, I was like, like, I know their names. We mm-hmm. really know each other. And so I remember you, I think you were, were you at the Vivo show in New York? Yes, I was. So you at the Vivo show in New York. And then Claudia and I had just started dating and then we brought, then you and Ian were backstage in Philly. At yeah. What venue were we playing that night in Philly? What was in the name? Transfer. It's my favorite venue in Philly. I was going to say the only reason I remembered that venue really was I remember like posting our tour flyer and you commented like this is my favorite venue in Philly and like mm-hmm. I don't know venues in cities that aren't LA and so I remember being like oh well this this must be good yeah and we did end up having a really fun show that was a fun night we had Tierra Whack came to that show really oh my god I'm she like- was backstage so we we got to meet Tierra which was really cool for me because I'm a big Tierra Whack fan oh she's amazing she's really good um so that was um end of 18 and then 2019 just just more right it was just I mean we oh yeah toured something. I don't crazy think I to... went I don't think I went like two or three months without seeing you guys that's for crazy like at least that's like so cool half period it, we guys were just constantly touring which I loved but we we were very lucky to to have um you know people in the audience that we recognize I think it's one of the more fun things I mean now we play these venues that are like big enough that sometimes it's hard to see anybody which is sad but um but especially up until really mid late 2019 it was so fun because like we'd see you we'd see like Joel like there's just people that it's like super recognizable and such a treat yeah yeah and like I I met a lot of friends like through that's so cool yeah and like even over social media like kids who would go to like LA shows right now because I would like see on their Instagram like that they had seen you a bunch of times and like they'd follow me that's so cool yeah so it was things like that and yeah I remember like that day in New York I don't even think I was supposed to go like to the Mercury Lounge show Mm -hmm, the very first one yeah my friend like was like oh I can't go like I have to because she lived in Boston and was like take these tickets i'm like sure like because i was with a friend and i'm like because i was a fan but i was just like yeah. oh i wasn't planning on going i just kind of came in sure the and i'm so glad that i went obviously it was a fun show and so so you you also sorry to cut you off but you no you i could tell <laughs> this is funny to say that just by virtue of the fact that you were at our like earliest show we ever did in new york it was our first show in new york ever i was like i bet she and her friends like know what's up and so I followed you and then you were you would post like like I found out about Kaylee Morg because of you because I saw you going to her show and then yeah. like Medusa became like one of my favorite songs but only because I had seen that you had gone to one of her shows like you were you're aware of artists like way before I am which is yeah. so cool that's so crazy like to think that like I put like people on to yeah. and like <laughs> I mean that's what I can't what I'm kind of doing here but like right it's just it's so cool to me when people are like oh my god I started listening to this artist because of you and I'm like that's crazy like because I I just assume no one listens to the music that I post on my stories <laughs> like so if we, they, we you know, like... I think I think to me one of my proudest moments ever is anytime I'm I'm the person playing someone a song that they then end up loving for months mm-hmm. and months or, you know, in perpetuity for the first time. And Claudia and I both um, are always trying to do it to Billy. Like yesterday she played some song for me that I really liked. And then I sort of like put it on later and was like, I love that song. And she was like, I, I'm going to show it to Billy. And I was yeah. like, that's, like, that's fine. She was like, she was like, you better not show it to her first. Which I get because you feel really good about yourself when you 
tip someone off. And in fact, that was actually a really big part of my uh, adolescence with Billy was was playing her a band that she ended up loving, her playing me an artist that I ended up loving. It was all kind of that that sort of communal thing. And that's what friendships are too. It's a, it's a great uh, common ground. Yeah, I love it. But then, yeah, I remember like, that was my freshman, the first time I saw you guys was like, I was going into my freshman year of college. Now I'm a senior, which is crazy. Um, but like, as a freshman, like, I remember trying to like, put everyone onto Billy. I was like, that's I, so cool. Like, I was like, you don't get it. Like, you have to listen to this music. And it was like the same thing with like Brockhampton that year. Like I was just trying to like force these like smaller artists, like in on, into everyone's faces. <laughs> and then like, finally it caught on. And I was like, okay, so now I got to find something else. But like, <laughs> that's it, so funny. It's like the best thing ever. Cause I remember then like the next year she was getting huge and like right. you guys were everywhere. Like people in my, like you, my professors would talk about you guys in lectures and wow. I was like, like, it was like a, a shock for me. Cause like, I know I talk about them a lot, but like to hear it, like, on the other side, like my professors being like, yes, like this was an amazing, like rising star. I'm like, oh my God, like, <laughs> this is so weird, but yeah, so. You probably also get no props as soon as the artist is huge, right? Like, oh, you're I like- get, no, I get props. People oh, are okay, like, good. yeah, people, well, at least in my school, they were like, that's great. I'm glad to hear that. Well, cause they see like, you follow me. They like, obviously you're on here. Right. They're like, how do you sure. know? Her? How do you know? Right. And I'm like, oh, I was there. At, on day yeah one. <laughs> well yeah because you're there when it really like again it's like it's not that we value I feel like we've we value every person who comes to a show the same amount which is incredibly highly but that being said it's like your your capacity to recognize people is like when when you're remembering your first couple shows ever and there's only a hundred or two hundred people at them and then you meet five, you really remember those people so I think that would be my kind of I don't know it's not even advice but it's like whenever I've found a band re- phenomenally early it's like I, I am I have an awareness that I'm like my presence at that show even if they don't ever meet me is like making more of an impact than like my presence will be if I go to like a huge arena later because they, they're they're they feel so grateful to be playing that tiny little venue mm-hmm. um so I think that's very true and 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 yeah you were doing it for like a a bunch of people I have a question for you Mm-hmm. um how were you you don't have to answer this if it's <laughs> uncomfortable how were you affording tickets to everything oh well I mean at the time I was going to all these small shows like at baby right. right tickets would be like 10 15 12 bucks yeah and it was more expensive for me to get to New York than anything I was gonna else. say yeah yeah but um I, I was working I've been working since I was like 15 years old got and it so I've like I really like being able to make my own money and just having that awesome. money. Um, Cause it's not like I really, well, I can't do much now, but like all I did in high school and college was go to shows. So mm-hmm. all of my spending money went towards that. Got um, it. So, I mean, bigger shows that I went to, that was like an investment. Like I remember I saw the weekend and like a ticket for like a seat, not even close to like the floor was like $150. And I was crazy. Like, I was like, I mean, I guess like, just cause I wanted to see him, but yeah. So big tickets like that were like crazy for me to like get. But, um, when it came to like all these, I think that was another reason I liked finding smaller artists. Cause then I was like, Oh, yeah. so we're only going to be like $15. This is great. Right. Yeah. Smart. Um, yeah. And especially like those smaller shows, it's cool. Cause like, I feel like I'm almost getting more out of it. Cause I love that intimate experience and I yeah. like being able to like talk to the person after. So yeah. smaller shows, like it was almost worth it more to like go to those than 
I definitely, when I go to smaller shows, because I feel like it's, it's so, it's so different and in a way that I, I do, I think I will always prefer. And the funny thing about like super pricey arena tickets to me is like, and I don't even know that I was really aware of this until like being uh, like on tour with Billy and playing those shows. The, like the only reason they're so expensive is that the show is so expensive. Oh yeah. No, I, I, I know that now, but it, when I was young, yeah. yeah, now doing like classes that revolve around like tour budgeting and things like that. I'm yeah. like, okay, I get it now. It's not like, it's still not fun, but like <laughs> as a fan. Isn't that like, crazy though? Yeah. It's just so, it's just so expensive yeah. too. I think it's also, to be totally honest, it's like the, the main thing is that the standards have just gotten like preposterously high mm -hmm. and like artists are all expected to be putting on this like multimedia fireworks display kind of show Yeah, at that level, like at an arena level. And, you know, again, it makes it fun to go to as an audience member. And also like it's, it makes it fun to even have a crappy seat at an arena because it's a big show. Yeah. But it does kind of like, it, it drives the ticket prices into this like ridiculous territory because it's, if you don't sell it that way, you can't play the show because it's too expensive and mm -hmm. you like lose money on the whole tour. So it's, yeah. it's really interesting. I didn't even really know that until we toured. Yeah. And I wouldn't know it. Like as a fan, like I, I was talking to Olivia about it. Like these things were like, I would have no idea if I wasn't in school right. for it. Like, so now I kind right. of have more knowledge of it, but at the time I was just like, Oh my God, like it's so, so expensive. expensive. He'll charge this much. Like yeah, that's all you think of like as a fan, but that's how it goes. So like going back to what you were talking about with um, yeah. like your adolescence and like showing Billy yeah. artists and things like that. Like what was your relationship like with music growing up? Like as a, was, how your parents showed you music. Yeah. Kind of thing. We, so LA is like a, you know, a, a commute city. There's a lot of driving in Los Angeles. Um, you know, even to your friend's house, like you meet somebody at some mutual thing at a soccer practice or whatever. And you go like, I want to be friends with that person. And they do not live in your neighborhood, which is like when I talked to like Claudia, who grew, grew up in a, a suburb in Chicago, like um, the people that she was friends with lived a bike ride away, you know, and, um, and probably with exception, but that that's when I, you know, that's what I've um, gleaned. And yeah, in LA, it was like, you know, things and, and even hanging out with a friend was, was a 30 minute drive a lot of the time. And um, that just meant a lot of time listening to music. And we, we, we were never like a radio um, family. I don't, I think it was because my parents like hated um, ads. Like the only time I remember listening to the radio was um, when there was like, when we were stuck in traffic on the freeway, my parents would be like, there has to be an accident. And they would turn on the radio to see oh, like okay. what the accident was. So the traffic report. But in terms of music, it was like, they, they never had the radio on. And they, my dad made mix CDs, like our whole childhood. I think they were on LimeWire. That's my memory of it. So yeah. questionable, questionable legality. But he had this whole kind of Robin Hood um, mentality about it, which was like, listen, he was like, I bought all of these albums on vinyl and then I bought them on CD and now fuck it. I just have LimeWire. Yeah. And, uh, or I think I guess it was vinyl cassette. And then he was like, fuck it. I bought them twice. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I can shoot holes through that because like then, then time goes by and you're just downloading new music on LimeWire mm -hmm. and it's not whatever. <laughs> you know, in many ways, the, the, the online music world 
what the the legal online music world just was too slow to catch up like i mean limewire spotify and limewire are the same thing it's just that you can pay for spotify and limewire was illegal like but they actually are just the same exact platform um so we would have these mixed cds and they would range from like stuff my dad loved in his earlier life in his 30s and his 20s um stuff he had just found and then a lot of just sort of like classics like the Beatles and, you know, Joni Mitchell and, and uh, uh, Paul Simon, Simon Garfunkel, Pink Floyd. Um, so that was sort of always being like played for us. And that was nice because you'd get in the car and you'd have your favorite. My, I was a huge Avril Lavigne stan Same. in my childhood. Same. I would, uh, there's her song Complicated. I, I thought then it was Life's Like This because that's what the, her first line, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I was always like, play, play Life's, Life's Like This. <laughs> and I'd be sitting in like the, the back row of our Toyota Sienna, like looking out the window meaningfully. Like, yeah, like life is life is so difficult. And I was like six, was so young. Um, and then, yeah, I think somewhere around like eight, mm, maybe like like eight or nine i got like some like off brand mp3 player type thing um that like (laughs) my memory of it and i could be wrong is that it it had like a little display where you could see like the name of the song Mm -hmm. and then it had like play pause and then like skip and back and so like you couldn't even browse your catalog you could just like skip through like a cd i had the same thing um but I, I rinsed that thing. I loved it. And I, you know, had, uh, like I would load lots of different things onto it. Um, and, um, and then I remember the first album I ever bought was, um, move along by the all American rejects. Another classic. <laughs> which was, I forget how old I was when I bought that, but, but the, to, to be super long-winded about it what had happened was my buddy had a playstation like a psp a playstation mm-hmm. portable oh, and he he was playing some tune on it that was awesome and i didn't ask him about it and then for the next two weeks i was like god whatever my buddy was playing on his psp was so rad and then i was at a friend's house and a kids bop commercial came on and in the kids bop commercial they sang like the kids bop cover of move along and i was like that's I was that's the song and then I like went and downloaded the original which is what I'd heard but yeah I mean that was an album that I uh, adored and then you know just kind of the the tipping point I think I bought it was like again like I saved up like allowance money or something at like nine yeah uh, I bought that album and I bought Pirates of the Caribbean the movie to play on my at the time I think like iPod touch or something um yeah, and but again, it was like I just it was so important. I was always listening to music. I was like a real headphone wearing kid. I just always was listening to music everywhere, um, and it, it yeah, it just never ever went away. Just 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 stayed and got more and more and more prominent. Yeah, well, and I think like out of all the people I've like asked that question to, like your story is like so much a parallel to mine because like oh I was, sweet, yeah, I was the same way. Like my dad, like he would make mix CDs for my mom because my mom, like she was like That's a cute. Yeah, she wasn't, like, a huge, like, music person, so she didn't, like, really, she loved, like, 80s pop, she loved Madonna, like, and that kind of thing when she was younger, stuff that you could dance to at parties, that's what she liked, and so, like, she wasn't, like, actively looking for music, but my dad was a huge music person, like, 
I mean, I talk about him in like every episode, but like Bruce Springsteen and like The Cure, like when he was like in the 90s, like he was listening to like all those types of bands. Wow. So yeah, he would make those mixed CDs for my mom. So that was a lot of what I heard when I was a kid. Um, but then my dad, he would also like, he would listen to like Katy Perry and Lady Gaga and Avril right Lincoln. modern contemporary stuff. Yes. And like all these like pretty much like pop girls, like all pop girls, which is what I listen to now. And so he introduced me to all of that. But I remember listening to All American Rejects and like Dashboard Confessional and like, all, <laughs> yeah, all these bands that he would like put on to my little like, it didn't have a screen. It was literally just like yeah. an MP3 player. And he would just put whatever on it. And that's what I would listen to. Like, I didn't really have like a taste in music. Sure. But that's like, you, I'm assuming you were like so young because that's the whole yeah. deal. Yeah. It's like well, when I you're was... that young, like you haven't developed yeah like you 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 haven't developed like your own like musical like proclivities it's more like you know what you like and what you don't and you skip what you don't and you know what you do my first like knowledge of actively like looking for music um was like music videos like I would look yeah I would watch music videos so like Toxic by Britney my crazy parents, I don't think showed me that because <laughs> like the music video is like super explicit or like at least yeah. like, eight it was and then like Maroon 5, I remember they had like nudity in like in a music video. I, like, so that's it? so funny that you're talking about this because I had exact same sort of relationship with it. I watched every music video for every song I loved. And when they were like adult content, I was flipped out because I was so yeah. I was like seven, six, seven. Yeah. And I would either. Yeah, I mean, I would either be like, oh, my God, that girl's very nearly naked. Or I would be like, oh, my God, my my parents who, again, like weren't even like they weren't even very strict, but I was like, oh, they, they, if they were here, they would turn this off because they would know that I'm too young to watch this. Yeah. So it was, yeah, my relationship with music videos, I, I remember them in the exact same way you do, which yeah. is like, wow, that was explicit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that was like, that was my biggest like thing. I was like, kind of like the first like thing I've had with like these pop girls, like just very like scantily clad yeah right I would say and I just remember like my brother watching them with me too because we all had we had like the one computer in the house yep, so I'd be, like, watching music videos so you're gonna have to sit here and watch with me but yeah those are like the two that I remember specifically it was like Maroon 5 and Britney Spears and then when I got older I started loving like the special effects and videos like Katy Perry yeah. was like one of my favorite videos ever just because I loved the special effects makeup that they made her like look like an alien with um mm -hmm. so it was that kind of thing I just loved music videos that was a huge thing for me I think that's what exposed me to a lot of like the music that then I then started listening to because I one was of the pop one of the first videos I ever watched I think like or maybe not that I ever watched but one of the videos that I have like the most memory of is like um Crime Your River the Justin Timberlake video where he's mm -hmm. like floating around a ha like he's like standing on his toes on railings and stuff and again, it was like the the sort of the impossibility of the shots for us. Yeah. Oh, so cool. Yeah. Well, and now you're making them. That's crazy. Like <laughs> you get to see that like back behind the scenes. Um, okay. So wait, what was your first concert then? My first concert that was like a, you know, a hot, like a ticket I really wanted to go see. Yeah. Because before that was like, our friend is playing an open mic night. And I was like, oh, fine. Um. <laughs> And those, those were like, so I hated those. Um, the first concert that I wanted to go see and went to see was Green Day when I was 11 um, at the Forum. And 
yeah i mean you know like super cliche like went and saw the concert and was like like changed my life was like that i this i want to do this forever Mm -hmm. i want to be i want to do that um that was like the the 21st century breakdown era which was a very important album to me Mm -hmm. with um like the song 21 guns on it and i mean there's a lot of songs like last night on earth is really important to me. like there's a lot of songs on that album that i love yeah that was another band that my dad would like play for me and he didn't censor music for me like ex- right like, expletives were not censored but like that's why like Same. the like sexual yeah. stuff i was like whoa like i don't know right, exactly because <laughs> it wasn't totally. like, yeah totally yeah but like he never censored music for me like i was i remember right. like singing along to american idiot like as like an eight-year-old <laughs> yeah well and they green day uses it's a weird thing to say about a band but they use expletives in like a much more inventive way than most artists do like my my joke always is that most artists use like they say fuck that to like fill a syllable like Mm -hmm. they say it in a line to just like add a syllable yeah and like green day will like construct a whole line around a swear word that like it's just very creative and so I think that also like got kind of an art pass in my mind where I was like but come on that's a great line as opposed to like just gratuitous yeah um profanity or something but uh but yeah so that was that was the first concert and again I mean I was 11 so that was like with my friend Ruby and our moms and then you know went and saw some more but that was a good bill that was Franz Ferdinand opening for them Mm. which is also a band I loved and then I don't think I really started going to concerts until I was like 14. And then even then it was like, you know, I mean, you know, you know exactly what it's like to be under 21 trying to go to concerts. Like you can't get into anything. It's crazy. Uh, yeah. Like so. sm- that's why smaller shows like really didn't happen until I was in like high school. Cause at least then you're 16. Yeah. And, like most of them were 16 plus, but I remember not being able to go to one show. I wanted to see Muna and they were playing mm. at, a place called like boot and saddle which i don't even think is around anymore which is sad but um they didn't let me go because i wasn't 21 i was like not even if i bring my dad and they were like no (laughs) i really i really was angry about it because but the time between your 18 and 21 is like a really long time of in every other direction being like an adult like a legal adult where you can like drive around in your car and not that I ever did but like go buy a cigarette and stuff and I was like really like you can't I can't go to a venue and have an extra on my hand and not have a drink like this is crazy so it was I was very frustrated and anytime we ever got proposed like a, a a gig in an over 21 place like we tried as hard as we could to like not do yeah. it Oh, because I remember yeah. like fans being like, why is this venue 21 plus? I'm like, guys, like they can't help it. <laughs> yeah. Like, in Australia, for some reason in Australia, and I don't know if it's 18 or 21. I think it's 21, but maybe it's only 18. Maybe they're just like Europe or it's only 18. In Australia, it's like really like every venue that's not huge is like 18 plus, which was so annoying, especially because, you know, like Billy was like, whatever 15 16 at the time so it was like it was a very annoying process for us where we'd be like we only want to play to like the people that want to come to this show like we don't and also like at that point like the people that were older coming to our shows because we were so young were like hype beast like yeah yeah like let's go see what's popping and it was like no no no, we just want like like our fans there 
Yeah. And I'm sure Billy wanted like people her age, like, listen. Yeah, like, absolutely. Because that's what it was. Like, I mean, yeah. I'm, old, I'm older than her. And exactly. like, being at her shows, like, and it being like a 16 plus show. I mean, I was 18, I think, the first time I saw sure. her. But I remember kids being like 13 or 14 and they had to like call their parents and like say, like, I'm allowed to be here. Like, my mom said it was okay. <laughs> like, because the 16 Dude. was like, you have to call. Yeah. I remember that too. I remember actually, I remember at Mercury Lounge through like, twitter or something like michael atkiss or i forget mm-hmm. his oh yes like yeah. he was the same deal he was like i drove all the way to the show and i can't get in because blah 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 and i remember like having our manager walk out and like have his mom on the phone or something and like get the okay for him to yeah. come into the venue isn't that crazy yeah it's so weird <sighs> i mean because like i didn't really experience that because I wasn't going to shows. My dad wouldn't let me go alone until I was right. like 18. So right. like, he saw Lana with me for the first time. Mm. And like the 1975, which mm-hmm. I, I take full credit for putting him onto the 1975. Because now That's he's, cool. like, he's like a bigger stand than me now with them. And it was because. My, my dad does that all the time. Where yeah. I play him a song and he, he then is like, yeah, have you heard their new B-side collection? And I'm like, no, dude. Like, I have not. Yeah. Uh, but I love that. Like, no, I feel like our dads are very similar in that way. But like, I remember I like, I begged him. I was like, please take me to see them at Madison Square Garden. Cause it was like 2017. It was like that. I like it when you sleep tour. I, I, I had to see them. And yeah. he was like, fine, like I'll take you. And like the train comes in and you're under Madison Square Garden. So it wasn't like, we right. Anywhere. And he like, at the end of the show, like I was like running around with my friends in the pit, but then he came up and he was like, they were amazing. He's like, we have to see them again. And we were having tickets for like five shows for this tour. That got that canceled. tour was <sighs> really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that, um, that stage setup with all the, the pillars was really cool. Yeah. <sighs> Their shows are so fun. I just, yeah, we went and saw them at the, at this LA venue, the shrine, which mm-hmm. was, was an awesome show. Yeah, I know a lot of like, it's so funny because like, I know a lot of like LA venues just because I always like see the tours or like sure. special, special events that yeah. like artists do in LA. And I'm like, God, I wish I could be there. But like, I know all <laughs> the venues because of that. <laughs> uh, but okay. Yeah. So I have some fan questions. We'll we'll skip over quarantine. We don't need to rehash <laughs> quarantine. <laughs> I do it every episode. And I'm like, we it, it sucks. We know. Like, <laughs> I have this theory too that like, how do I put this? Like quarantine ultimately is going to be so short mm-hmm. that like however long this interview lives for you is like there will come a time like not that far from now where it's like, oh, wow. Like it kind of like will it, where this will be dated because of it. So that's true. That is true. Yeah. I, th- I mean, today Moderna asked for FDA authorization, too. So we got like two vaccines um, being authorized. Anyway, today in the news. Yeah, but exactly. I guess I will at least talk about like the fact that you had to cancel your tour oh, yeah, or postpone it indefinitely. I'm sure that that was like I remember. The only reason I remember it so well is because you like the last show you played was on my birthday, and oh. it, was in, it was in like North Carolina, and then the next day was supposed to be the show that I was going to in Philly. Yeah, we had like you and your whole family comped for that yes. show. I was like, like my mom, like she got like a limo for like. Oh, you know? it's so <laughs> sad. Like, she was like, "It's your twenty first. Like, let's do that." Oh, I'm like, okay. Yeah. Like, oh, and then it got canceled. I was so sad, but um, it is. What I it know. Is. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, it's been such a bummer in every direction. I think 
Yeah. I mean, you know, and we haven't announced as, as of this moment, this is November 30th. I'm saying this cause I, I don't know what'll happen in the future, but you know, we haven't announced rescheduled or, or new dates yet. And yeah. The only reason we haven't is because everyone else has done that and then had to cancel them again. And that just seems like I understand why they did it initially when they really thought it wouldn't be that long. But it's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I just I just would hate to schedule anything that gets like a a fan excited that then they can't go to again. So we're we're, I think we're going to just wait until we're like we're we're 100 percent positive we can play this show and then we'll put them on sale. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was a huge drag. I mean, we were, that was the biggest tour venue wise we'd like ever done. We were super excited about it. Um, you know, and instead, um, we've just been making her second album, which is really good. We're really excited about it. So we're lucky in that sense. Um, but it is a little funny to think that like, by the time we tour again, like we may have another album done. Like that's just kind of a crazy because at the time we were so like album one mode yeah and now it'll just be like it's very bizarre well and before like i said you guys were touring constantly like it would be like two or three tours for like the same the same like period of time yeah so i was just used to that and now it's like oh uh all the albums that came out this year i'm not gonna get to hear live for like no really it's (laughs) true i feel really bad for the, the worst I feel for is like the artists that put out an album, like right at the beginning of this, like yeah. um, the strokes have that great new album that came out right at the beginning of this. I mean, Dua's album came out like in April or something. Um, so sad about that. And they're so good. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, it's really sad. Cause, cause even if they don't put out another album before the quarantine's over, it's like, it'll still be old to them. Yeah which is the sad part yeah and that's the thing it's like a lot of my friends were saying because like we're all so like well what's next what's next what's next yeah we've seen this artist like moving on right things live for like a week in our playlists like so it's like hard to be like oh we're still gonna be excited about this album when it comes back around I mean like for a lot of artists like Rina Sawayama I am so excited to see her live one day um Mm -hmm. I love her album same thing with Dua like Future Nostalgia was like great album. album And so I think it'll still be exciting. I saw her like it, yeah show too, but um, I I missed that because it was like the day after Thanksgiving. Was it awesome? It it was really cool. Like the the production cool. value was like crazy, and she looked amazing. She never cool. looked bad. Like so, just watching her for like an hour was like that's awesome. <laughs> great. Um. So yeah, that's at least held me over. I watched Coin's live stream show too. I love Coin. Um. And they're great. They, they sounded really great um on the live stream and they're like it's not that they aren't fun it's just obviously not the same like for me someone who went to shows like every week i'm like it's just not the same <laughs> but i do it's not the same the it's not the same at all and it's also like you know we we just did one in october and like the fun part about it to me was like the rehearsal process felt like we were on tour again. Like we had our whole crew, you know, albeit we were like all in masks and like, you know, shoulder bumping each other or elbow bumping each other. But, um, you know, the, the fun part was like getting to pretend we had a job again. And, uh, even during the show, I was like, who, like, who's watching this? But, um, you know, like mainly to be honest with you, we, we did that whole thing to like pay our crew. Cause otherwise we would have yeah. had no, thing to employ our crew for like a year 
Yeah, well, that's what my dad was saying, too, because he's, like, he loves, like, Brian Fallon. I don't know if you listen to him, but he's, like, the lead singer of the Gaslight Anthem. And, oh, got it. Yeah, and, I mean, like, I think you'd love his stuff, but he's, like, my dad was, like, I would just give him money if I could. Like, he was, like, he was, like, I just want to support him. Like, he will he'll buy all his merch, all his posters, like, watches his, like, you know, little, like, Instagram lives or whatever. And he's, uh-huh. like, I would just, I would just send him money if I could. <laughs> so whenever i complain like oh it's not the same he's like well you're just supporting like the artists and you know their their crew and everything so in that sense it's it's nice still um and i watched your live so someone was watching (laughs) i mean not to say we weren't proud of it and i we were and the the crew did such a good job with that sort of like integrated ar vr whatever the fuck Mm -hmm. it's called it was really Um, cool yeah it was really fun but but i'm i'm in the same boat it's like i just want to go to a show yeah i miss them so much uh but anyways okay i have some fan questions for you let's do it there's also some questions from like my peers at school so cool out to the rowan music industry program and um yeah so the first one is what is something that not many people know about you like a hidden talent or a special interest um i think this is like a question you get asked a fair amount. And so mm-hmm. you, you run out of hidden talents. Um, I'm trying to think of something that's like actually of, of any interest. It's very, it's a very college icebreaker question. I apologize. Oh, well, okay. This, uh, we're, I'm completely cutting off the hidden talent portion of this, but I'm, I'm using it because I'm so excited for her. Um, Phoebe Bridgers, the wonderful artist, who's nominated for a handful of Grammys this year, like four, I think. Queen. Phoebe Bridgers beat me in a battle of the bands when I was like 15 or 14. Um, and she was already amazing then. And she was art. She sang Georgia and a song called waiting room. And it was like unbelievable. And, uh, and my band came in second place in her band. Her, she, wow. she was just alone on stage and she won. And I remember just being like, oh, this artist is amazing. Um, and then we, you know, would see each other once or twice a year, our whole teens. And then she had that kind of like moment with like Julian uh, Baker. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, it's really starting to take off. But that was when she was just sort of like opening for everybody. Yeah. And then I adored her first album and then love her second album, obviously. But that's my that's my thing people don't know is that that's I was amazing. <laughs> beaten in a battle of the bands by Phoebe Bridgers when I was like literally 15 and again deservedly so it was really good her voice i just it's beautiful yeah i I think i tweeted i was like i won't be satisfied until phoebe bridgers covers every song ever (laughs) like i won't be satisfied. (laughs) i love that i love that iris cover her and maggie did Mm -hmm. so good amazing i also love her friday i'm in love cover that she did i think it was for spotify um but i love the cure and i love phoebe so her covering the cure was amazing um Okay, how do you deal with creative blocks? Any advice for other aspiring artists or producers? Okay, that's a question you get a lot too. <laughs> I um I I sort of like just change my focus. So like if I have if I have one thing that I, I I'm stuck on and I can't think of the next line or the next chord or the production or anything, I just I'll just like shift and go like all right let me let me go to something else that's in a totally different stage you know either it's further along or it's less far along and then you kind of like get your you get the gear 
here's working again. And then sometimes you can just switch back over and, and actually like you're, you'll, you'll have solved it, but it's a little bit like, I mean, it's, it's a little bit like a, a real life version of like actually doing a puzzle. Like you're like, I cannot find this piece no matter how hard I look for this one piece. And then you find another piece and then you find the first, like it's, mm-hmm. they just kind of like have to like stay loose a little bit. Yeah. But it happens, you know, I think it happens to everybody. And, and the, the, the more years I've done this, the more I'm like good at um, just knowing when to like, re- like quit for the moment. Like, I think there was a period of time where I would just like base my whole self-worth on like the idea that I'm having right now. And the more time goes by, the more I'm like, ah, like it's, it's not like do or die if I come up with this moment right now. Yeah. No, I think that's very true. And I think not having tunnel vision helps, like you were saying, just having other, other projects that you can work on and like step away from the same time. Yeah. I think the, one of the more fun things about like my professional life is that I, I have even even if you subdue it down to like only Billy's music or something like there's, there's always like some different thing to look at where like, you know, for example, like working on, like if, if, if I got stuck on the song we're working on today or whatever, there's still like a mix to approve and give notes on for another song. Yeah. Yeah. Just something to like distract yourself and then, and then come at it from like a new perspective. But in the broad scheme, it's like a lot of like, Ooh, I don't have any good ideas for my own music. Let me shift over to like a, you know, something else I've done this year, like a, um, you know, the the Demi Lovato production or the Justin thing. It's like something to work on that's other than than me. Yeah, very true. Um, oh, I like this question. What's the craziest or funniest thing that has happened to you on tour? I always like hearing these stories. If you have one. <laughs> well, it's like, it's not that I don't have one. It's like, I'm, I have to, I have to actually like really re- like remember stuff. Oh yeah. It's um, been a while. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. I mean, there was this one time we went on tour and then, and then the, it, Tom Hanks got coronavirus and then everybody had to come home. Um, let's see. Um, well, okay. This is, this is just the thing that I'm thinking of and remembering right now, but, but we played, uh, Lollapalooza 2018 fun show. I was there. Yeah. (laughs) And then Billy immediately broke her ankle or sprained her ankle backstage after the show. And the way that Lollapalooza works is like, it's just in the middle of like that. Um, what is the name of that park? It's called like park, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just in the center of downtown Chicago. Mm-hmm. And so getting back from that to your hotel is like insane because there's it's like hundreds of thousands of pedestrians walking around or like people from the festival. And so we were like in dr- gridlock traffic with Billy with a broken ankle. And the driver's like, I can't get down like the two blocks until your hotel room or, or to, till your hotel building. And so Brian, our tour manager, like like a Sherpa, put Billy on his back and just wow. like sprinted several blocks down like and and of course because kids are like this everyone was like it's billy and then like chased after her oh being God. carried on our tour manager's back um yeah that was I, I i will not soon forget that that was wow entertaining that's real dedication though putting her on his back <laughs> yeah there's <laughs> there's a lot of like any footage i have from like backstage at shows like 
because Billy had like shin splints and she'd break an ankle or whatever. She's always being carried on like my dad's back or Brian's back or somebody's back. It's so funny. I know. I feel so bad every time I see that like tape on her legs. I'm like, I just know she's hurting. (laughs) She's very, it's kind of a combo of her being accident prone and also like just like going so hard on stage. Like she's like jumping for two hours. That too. Um, this is probably a hard one, especially with this cool. being so like um, unexpected. Um, but where do you see yourself in five to ten years? <laughs> I like thinking about that. Um, well, you know, I'll I'll start with like where where I'd like to be. I mean, to me, there's within the world of like music. There are so many projects like I, I really want to be involved in. I really want to score movies and I really want to um, do some form of uh, like th- musical theater project, like write a, a musical theater, like a, a, sh- a show or something. Yeah. Um, so those are things I haven't done that I'd like to do. Um, you know, I, I, I'm so lucky to get to work with artists I love as a producer. Um, so hopefully I'm, I'm still doing that. Um, I think 10 years down the line, like I'd be 33. So I'd, I'd love to have like a, a child. That'd be cool. Um, I would kind of, you can, Claudia can attest to this. I would kind of like to have a child now. And, and Claudia's like, absolutely not. And probably for the better, but, but were it, uh, were it only my decision, I would be like, wow, let's have a kid. Um, <laughs> and with your job, like you'd be traveling fun. I feel I like. think, yeah, you're totally right. I think it's partially just like the COVID fever where I'm like, yeah. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm home all the time. Um, and then, you know, I mean, the, the other things and, you know, we just had an election, but, you know, I think like COVID specifically, and maybe this whole summer of, of protests and everything, it's like sort of proof that we we live in a very like fragile world and a fragile time. And so I think this year more so than any other year in my life, I've like not taken anything for granted. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I'm just hopeful that we are further down the right path 10 years from now. I mean, obviously like these past four years, we've sort of like gone in like the exact opposite direction that we should be. So (laughs) my hope is that however slow we're, continuing to head in the right direction I agree I don't even know what I would say at this point like I feel like yeah, I right? change every day but yeah okay the last fan question is from Ian yeah <laughs> I, I love Ian I miss Ian he was like he was like you have to like put this question he was just like how much love do you have for for Jordan and I and what was it like meeting us <laughs> but you kind of already touched on that so I did I think when I first when you and I, you know, we had someone like summon you backstage yes. um, in, in uh, fall of 2018 mm-hmm. and Claudia was with me for the first time. We'd like really just gotten together and I was like, Oh, Jordan and Ian are coming. I was like, cool. And she was like, who are Jordan and Ian? And I was like, Oh, they've been to a bunch of our shows. I was like, they're, they have like real perks of being a wallflower vibes. Like I was like, they're, I was like, they're like, um, they're like characters out of like a book that you would like, you're like, I wish those characters were real. That's we are kind of like Sam and Patrick. At the time, we were very Sam and Patrick. Yeah. Right. Um, but uh, but no, I adore you both. I think, you know, it's again, like, just like you were saying that you've met um, friends through, like, being in audiences for for whatever different live shows, 1975 or 
anybody, you know, it's a joy to get to meet people at your shows. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there, there, it's, it's no less cool to meet any one person than, than another. So it's very, uh, it's a, a, a great side effect to get to meet people like you and Ian at shows. And it was so nice meeting Claudia too. I felt like we like, we like had a great time, like talking to her that night. And yeah. Well, you guys were so nice that night. Yeah. It was really cool. You'll have to say hi to her for us. We'll do. Um, okay. And then I have a couple questions. Get um, so do you think that there's something, well, you kind of touched on this, but do you think there's something to be said for being a smaller artist and being able to form personal relationships with fans and truly interact? And do you ever miss that part of like your career? I mean, to some extent, right. I don't miss like not being a Grammy winner. <laughs> um, that's funny. Well, yes, I think, I think everything sort of changes. I, I walk the really lucky line of like still being a pretty small artist myself. And so I kind of, I kind of can, can get that fix when I want to, like when Billy and I come off a tour, like even because we can't tour this year, but like last year we went to, we did this like tour across like Texas and like Oklahoma in the fall, like the first week of October. Mm-hmm. And we were playing like arenas and then she was like headlining Austin city limits or, or playing high up on the bill or whatever. Yeah. And so we were playing these huge venues and I came home for like, you know, five days, six days, and then um, did a solo run in like the rooms that Billy and I had played a couple years earlier, mm-hmm. played like, lincoln hall or something like it in chicago actually i think it was called like talia hall and then played um uh uh what is that fucking venue in boston called anyway played like a bunch of rooms that billy and i'd played literally like two years earlier or a year and a half earlier mm-hmm. it was so fun to get to yeah. like go right back to that you know That's vibe true. you get like the best of both worlds and yeah that. exactly and i've gotten to like i think you were there like i've gotten to play like um like a, a bunch of the venues that Billy played when she was just starting out, like played like Baby's All Right and, yep. um, you know, uh, the the Troubadour and stuff like that. So it's it's really, it is really fun to get to do that. Um, and then you know, with Billy, you'd, you'd have to ask her in terms of like what she misses about it. But um, I think the thing that happened to Billy, which sort of I haven't had happen, which I'm, I'm kind of grateful for is like, we were always playing catch up on the venue size. Yeah. And so even though they were always really fun shows, there was always like chaos. Yeah. Because of, because she was always getting bigger than the venue. And so like, and that when, when you're kind of like understaffed can feel really stressful because there's kids like chasing you around. And I remember like, especially like when we were, we'd go to Australia, we play these like tiny rooms and like kids would like run out into traffic to like say hi to us. And it was just really scary. And so I think the more, the more time went on and it started to catch up was like, okay, good. We're really playing a venue where everyone's like safe Mm -hmm. and like doing okay here. And and again, like you, I mean, you've been at these shows, like it's no fun to see your fans pass out at a show. Like Like you worry for them. And so the bigger the venue gets like the less that happens the more breathing room there is but when there's like hundreds of kids like crushed against the barricade the kids pass out and so it can be really i remember going to see the 1975 at the el rey it's really only standing room at the el rey and uh, i remember like the first thing maddie said to the audience was like 
listen, like he was like, I'm seeing this, like everybody's got to take several steps back. Like the kids up here are getting like completely crushed to death. Yeah. And it, it is like that. Yeah, that gives me like PTSD. Like to think yeah. about like, the times where I've been like on a barricade and like getting yeah. rushed. Like, yeah. uh, I always think back to like I went to Gov Ball the same year that you guys mm-hmm. played. Halsey, yeah. Halsey played right before um, Travis Scott. <laughs> and so like Halsey ended and I had been standing at that barricade for like eight hours and I hadn't had. And then it. there's like Travis fans. Yes. And yeah. then like, trying to get out, even though you're making room for them to like get closer up, they like didn't want to move like from where they were so like I couldn't get out and I remember one time at one point like my I was getting crushed so hard that like my feet weren't touching the ground yeah, and I was like like that part I don't miss but like to some extent yeah, that's pretty intense yeah so it I can I mean even at Billy's shows like even though like some like people listen to her and they're like oh my god like her songs are like slower and sad yeah. well some of them but like they're like how does that happen and I'm like oh yeah her fans are crazy like yeah in the best way but like they're crazy like i've witnessed it firsthand like it's just it's hard when you get like such dedicated stands yeah it's to that point where like they're just like i will do anything to get barricade and i will do anything to like you know get as close as possible so and i can't say i can't relate because they're sure no it's i totally get it but yeah i think at the end of the day when you're you know, in the spirit of the name of this podcast, it's like the when you're on stage, your whole, all of your energy is pointed at the crowd, really. I mean, maybe not every band, like there are bands that are kind of shoegazy that really mm-hmm. just seem like they're vibing. like worrying about the music and vibing. Yeah. But like in our case, certainly in Billy's case, in I think pretty much every artist you've talked about, like a, mm-hmm. like a Halsey or a, you know, a Travis, a 1975 all the energy is pointed at the crowd yeah and so you're you're a you're a mirror for what's going on out there so if there's like fights going on in the crowd if there's if something's happening it's you know um you have to you have to pay attention to it you know and um it's it's very scary to see something happen where you're like oh my god that's fucked up you know billy stopped the show a bunch of times because of stuff like that and um yeah, I mean, it's it's heavy to watch stuff like that happen. You want to hear the craziest thing I've ever seen in a crowd? Yeah. Like, so it was, it was like 2016, and I was at okay. a Halsey show. And, like, at that point, like, Halsey was, like, the fans were as rabid as anyone else's. Like, it's she had, like, crazy fans. And I was one of them. Like, I had a VIP ticket. I met her. And then, like, I was on the barricade. And I remember, like, during the show this girl like two rows back like threw up and like it was all packed in so like people got it on them and they were like like this is disgusting like whatever like get her out of here like she was obviously sick so they were trying to get her to like the front to get pulled out and she got to the barricade and was like i'm fine like because (laughs) like almost like she was like I, she threw up like to get to the barricade we like and we were like if you're fine then move back like, like we were like go ahead like but like that was crazy too because I remember her like she fully was like oh I'm fine now like once she got to the barricade right. and we were like okay then move back like because my like, people had moved out of the way for her and she was like no I'm not moving and I'm like like you need to get out like you threw up on people yeah that was wild too I've seen many people throw up at shows that's never fun but and no. I have like a fear of throwing up so like whatever mm. I'm like no 
Well, even I don't have a fear of throwing up, but anytime anyone throws up in like really close proximity to me, I'm, I'm pretty grossed out. Yeah. It's, I don't, yeah. One time I was on a flight to New Zealand and a girl, a girl threw up getting on the plane, like was like walking down the aisle, like by me and looked like, you know, pasty and like, yeah. just like clear. I was going to throw up. And I was like, I was like sitting in my seat. This is like the first time we ever went to New Zealand. So we were in like, you know, coach baby and uh and um yeah she like vomited right next to me on the flight and i remember just being like oh my god like you know in the tiny tiny little airplane it was horrible yeah. oh. none of that none of that <laughs> um but speaking of halsey we've been bringing her up i just yeah. my one of my questions was what was it like producing a song for manic um because i love halsey so i just had to ask about her you know that i mean i remember yeah, yeah i remember you even commenting like i see your comments on her posts and like Great. well i so i've um you know i've been very aware of halsey for like a really long time because she used to like she, there's like a collection of bands and people in la that she was like like i've known about her since uh since 93 since like room 93 oh, yeah. yeah same um and been a fan and then the, I, I'm, I'm just going to be candid about this. The way that the, the Halsey thing happened is, is just through my friendship with Benny, who mm-hmm. has executive produced her last couple albums. Yeah. And I was at his house one day and he played me this like thing. Um, and, uh, and was like, I think the chords are wrong. And so I just played like all different chords on it. And then it ended up, I was like not even aware at the time, but it ended up becoming a Halsey song. Yeah. So, the, you know, the, and this is, this sort of happens more and more in terms of like something that you do evolves into a, in a way that you, you uh, didn't imagine it to. So yeah, I mean, worked on her album by never being in a room with her and, you know, I, like, again, like I, that's kind of like, I'm, I'm all for that. I think that stuff's cool. Yeah. Um, and I would still be thrilled to, to someday write a song with her or produce a song, you know, fully that she'd made, but, but I'm a fan and I think Manic's great. I thought there was great stuff on Helpless Fountain Kingdom and, uh, I thought Badlands was very inspired and cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was really cool. And, you know, I think it's also like, um, like in some ways playing a really small role on a really good album is kind of like it's like a cameo like when you see a great movie and there's like there's some actor you like but they're only in like one shot yeah you're like you're like they can't take credit for this movie but what a cool honor to be yeah. like in this cool film and there's like a couple things like that for me where like I didn't play a very big role in it but I'm so honored to be involved like I love this artist Shaky Graves mm-hmm. and like co-wrote like some of a song with him like so cool to just like have like little moments like there's a I can't I can't stay right now although it'll <laughs> become very obvious in a week or two but um there's like an album coming out that's really great and like you know I did like a little thing on it and this is cool like it's yeah, cool to be just have it. like yeah. been been around for some part of that album um even though it's like, like I would never pretend to take credit for what's good about the album. I just got to be involved a little. Yeah. 
Well, and okay, my like level of standing is going to show here for a second, but I remember you sat next to her at an award show. <laughs> the I Heart, the I Heart Awards. Yeah. Yes, I think that's what it was. And like, I, I just remember seeing you guys on TV and like at the yeah. time, like, you know, whenever I see you now, it's like, obviously yeah. like you're very successful, but when I see you, it's like, oh, it's like, you know, that's right, the person you actually know. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And so like seeing you like sit next to her, I was like, whoa, like that's yeah. crazy. <laughs> right. But I just, um, she's, she's very, she's wildly nice. And I'm, I am consistently impressed by her. Like, I remember we did the, we sat very close to them at the AMAs last year you know what maybe we didn't even sit next to them or close to them i think we sat next to dua anyway last at the amas it was like one of those things where we were like billy and i were like walking off stage and they were about to like take the stage and we you know just were like right here and so we were like oh hi whatever um and and then i thought her performance was so cool that performance with all the paint yes yeah um i was so impressed she's very creative i thought that was impressive and i and my my only memory of saying anything to her at the iHeart. the funny thing about like all these award shows is like even though you're sitting next to the person you're actually in your seat next to them for like um like a, a minute like the rest of the time they're like backstage getting ready or you're yeah. backstage getting ready um but I remember being it was very soon after she'd been the host and the guest on SNL and I remember being like dude like the east side like painting the painting upside down i was like that blew my mind i thought that was very cool she's crazy good oh, i love yeah. her um and then okay my last question um okay wait, i have two but this one's quick um who was the most exciting person for you to meet as an artist whether that was like yeah. a collaborator or like an inspiration that kind of thing um i lost my shit when i met lana del rey yeah and we and we met lana <laughs> This, I don't know why this is important, but we met Lana when we were like, it was way before now, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. I think now when we've met people, like, I don't know, that, that sounds sort of braggadocious. I don't mean it that way. It's just that now when we meet people, it's like, it's they're under different circumstances. You. Yeah. And they're it's different circumstances. You. And so we met, we met, um, we met Lana in like early 2018. And she was so nice. And it was her and Chuck, who I'm also a big fan of. I think mm -hmm. Chuck's photography is very fire. Yeah. And they were so nice. And they smelled good. And yeah, they just made Billy and I feel like so like good. Um, that was really cool. I've, I've gotten to meet, like, this sounds, ugh, I don't know. Like, the, this is when I feel like a stan. Like, I've gotten to meet, like, so many of the people that I'm a huge fan of. And usually like I pretty much just tell them like I just interact with them the way that I would if I ran into them in like a supermarket and I was yeah. only a fan like I just go up to them and I'm like I'm such a huge fan of your music um and it's such a you know an honor and even like I have of any person that I'm a fan of whose number I have in my phone like 90% of the texts that I send them and I don't like blow up their phone all the time, but it's yeah. usually like I'm listening to one of their songs on my own and I'm like, God, I love this song. And I'm like, I have their number and I just hit them up and I'm like, this song's great, man. Like, that's pretty much like, it's very, like I do that with John Mayer all the time where I'm like, like, bro, like this song is so good. And that's like, I, like, I'm not, I'm not looking for anything. I'm not trying to like yeah. be a star fucker about it. I think it's just that it's like, 
you know, when someone makes art that's meaningful to you and you get to tell them, it feels good because it has so much meaning to you. And so it's like, you know, sort of giving credit where credit's due. So Lana was a big deal to me. Um, yeah, Lana was a big deal. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, I like, I got, when I got the, like any Lana fan knows, like the selfie, like when you're like in the front row and she comes down. That was, I thought you're a, didn't you didn't you kiss her on the cheek and say may i kiss you on the cheek and then yes. kiss her on the cheek i thought that was such a like incredible example of like consensual fan interaction yeah because like Cause you know do as, it without asking well and as billy has talked about on her platforms like you know she's been like groped by fans and the whole thing yeah. and it's like it can be so violating yeah and yeah the fact that in that video you very quietly like may i kiss you on the cheek she's like yeah i was like wow was- like jordan is like just crushing it i was so pumped on that oh my god I appreciate that but yeah I remember people even messaging me like I love that you asked her I'm like yeah, yeah I, it was my that. favorite part of the video oh, wow I appreciate that <laughs> but yeah Lana's super sweet um and I'm like I remember seeing the picture like of like you guys with her and I was like oh my god like that's Lana oh, I think dude. I even like I messaged you I was like that's insane like you met dude, I flipped out yeah I was so excited uh, okay real last question um what was it like to win a grammy and by grammy i mean like every nominee every nominated yeah. grammy you've won <laughs> so i'll go through the the uh, the very short version of the night because mm-hmm. it it changed over the course of the night so we were nominated for i was nominated for f- like okay this is where the numbers all get confusing i have six little like grammy awards mm-hmm. i was nominated for five i don't know why i have six of them but i do so <laughs> The ones that I was nominated for um, were were um, best engineered album, producer of the year, and then song of the year, record of the year, and album of the year. And then Billy was nominated for pop vocal album and best new artist. Those were like the awards she was th- that I was not. Yeah. And so the way the Grammys works is like a couple of those awards are televised and most of them are not. And so the three that we were nominated for that were not televised were engineer pop vocal album and producer. And so I wasn't even in the room for engineer because we're like rehearsing for our performance later or something. And I had called our mastering engineer and our mixing engineer and said, like, if we win this, like you guys go make the speech. Um, Cause I thought that would be nice for them. And also like they were the, mastering and mixing gets nominated for like a record of the year and album of the year too. And I, like, they weren't like, they weren't going to talk if, if we yeah. won that. So I was like, have your own thing. So I think all I thought at the beginning of the day was like the only actually disappointing thing will be if we just lose everything. Like I was like that, like that would be sort of like a bummer if yeah. we're like nominated for so many things. We don't, we don't even get one. And so as soon as we got one, which was engineer, I was like, well, then like, I'm, I'm done. Like that's, we have a Grammy. Like that's, I, that's, that's one more Grammy than I ever thought we'd have in our yeah. whole lives. Um, so the pressure was kind of like immediately off. And then what happened next? Then I went in and like sat for the rest of the technical awards. And then when I won producer, I was just like, this is completely absurd. Um, Cause I really thought it was gonna be Jack that year yeah. I actually thought it was a lot of really deserving people I thought Ricky was very deserving too um who did uh Truth Hurts and a bunch of other stuff mm-hmm. um so that was a huge honor 
Um, and uh, I just was like in shock after that. And then the actual awards. Oh, and Billy had won pop vocal. So we we like by the time the actual award show had started, like we'd already yeah between the two of us, we'd won three. And so I was like, this is like I'm perfectly happy to to just sit here and clap for Lizzo and Lil Nas X or whoever wins everything. Um, and then kind of as the next what was it, like four awards like went on, like it became like more and more embarrassing because it was like like the funny thing about winning an award and specifically a Grammy is like I've said this a bunch, but like being nominated is really an honor and really cool. Yeah. And then winning is very weird because you're beating like in our case, we were like beating out like Ariana and Lana and Lizzo and Vampire Weekend and Bonnie Ver like artists that are, are like legendary, yeah. important artists to me. And so you're like winning this award over them. And in your head, you're like, well, I didn't, I didn't make anything better than these artists. Like these are great albums. Yeah. So it's bizarre. I mean, we feel very grateful, but like we, at this moment, we've, we're nominated for like another three or four this year, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, congratulations, uh, by the way. Thank you. I, they're like, God, I really hope Meg the Stallion wins <laughs> song and song and uh, record. That I would just, be amazing. I just want to hear would her be, speech. Huh? I want to hear her speech. <laughs> ah, thank you very much. Ah. Um, I, yeah, I'm just a huge Meg the Stallion stand, so I really want her to win. I think Future Nostalgia should win album. I think Meg should win song and record. Yeah. I think she should probably win Best New Artist, too. I think she should probably win all Meg of those. Stallion. Yeah, the yeah. only other person I'm, I'm like, Best New Artist is Phoebe, because, like, Punisher is, like, my favorite album of the year, so I'm, like... I think Phoebe's very deserving. I just think, I think she'll win. I think she might win. Was it best? She, I hope she wins like alternative album or like yeah. rock song or something. Yeah. I just, I just think Meg has had like the inarguably the yes. biggest impact this year. And I think just with the climate this year and what she did on SNL and yada, 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 I think she's very important. Yeah. So um, anyway, that's my, my Grammy hopes for this year. Well. That actually brings us to, um, well, if you have any questions for me, uh-huh. feel free to ask. You don't have to. <laughs> you do not have to, but if you do. Um, and then we'll just talk about like our favorites yeah. of 2020. So if you don't yeah. have any, we can just go into that. But Favorite favorite what? Out, like music? Yes. Just like okay. I, have, I have a current favorite section where we kind of plug like yeah. our favorite like song. Or I, love, I, love, um, I love Dominic's album from this year a mm-hmm. lot um love that strokes album a ton like huge fan of that album i love punisher um i cannot stop listening to body yaddy 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 yep i love that song um <laughs> it's so good and then yeah i mean that's those are the ones that that jump to mind but i you listen to music all the time so there's yeah. more than that I think, yeah, my favorite albums this year, I mean, like, uh, next week is, like, the last episode of, like, my podcast season, so I'm going to talk a little bit more about it then, because I don't have a guest, so I have uh-huh. things to talk about, but... Um, yeah, you can, you don't have to say it now, then. Well, I mean, like, my my favorite, I've, I've been listening to, this isn't new, but, like, Kendrick Lamar's Damn, I've been listening to all week, that I just talk about... Unbelievable album. Yes, and I just remembered it existed, and I've been listening to it on and on, like, like, on and on and then favorite artists um 
I I did a project on Max Martin this past week, so I've just been listening Smart to guy. every song he's ever produced or written, and because he's a genius. Yeah. Um, uh, my favorite song. I think like from that playlist that I have is like alone by Avril Lavigne, um, which is a great song. And also like, I wanted to tell you, okay, so I bring her up in every episode, but like, yeah. my favorite discovery of this year has been baby queen. Um, who is this like uh, alt pop girl from the UK and her music is amazing. And I, it's like the, the first time I've been like this excited about an artist in like a long time. And I think that she's going to be like really big. So I wanted to tell you. Baby queen. Her. Yes. I'm looking her up. Yes. Cause we always share like new music, but she's great. And then like, obviously Punisher is one of my favorites. I also love the glass animals album dreamland that came out this year. They're um, so good. Yeah. That album's great. So that's pretty much it. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty much the episode. Uh, we can well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate course. it. Yeah, um, you should all stream Phineas's music. Um, he has songs Where the Poison Is, What They'll Say About Us. By the way, What They'll Say About Us might be my new favorite of yours. Oh, thank like, you. I yeah, appreciate I mean, it. Like Hollywood Forever was a longtime favorite. It's mm. still up there, but I love well, Thank you. Song. I and, really appreciate it. Um, of course, the Blood Harmony EP and he's at Phineas on everything. Um, I'm sure you all know him already, but that is what it is. And with that being said, this episode uh, be listened to on Spotify and iTunes. You can watch it on YouTube. You can follow us on Instagram, both sides of the barricade on Twitter, BSOTB pod, the acronym and then pod. My Instagram and Twitter are jtaylorldr. Um, follow, subscribe, like, download, rate, comment, all of that. Thank you, Phineas, for being on. Love you, Jordan. Yes, love you too. And thank you so much for listening. Uh, of course. Goodbye.